coach? What, what, what? It'd be Dan Marino, Zach Thomas, Jason Taylor in that exact order. You want an opportunity to play, and the Jets are giving me an opportunity to play. I put a Lindo Mari up there before I like Ricky Williams. Just before Dolphins training camp this past July, he turned his back on all of it and ruined the Dolphins' entire season. No question about it. I am ready to get hurt again. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Dolphin fans of all ages, the Batter Fans Fans Podcast is back with your boy, the Bearded Fanatic, the host of this wonderful show, and my co-host, the only Jet fan in the world that I actually enjoy, my best friend of all time, Danny G. How the hell are you doing today, sir? Am I really the only Jets fan that you get along with? We're well, not all that bad. You're, you're pretty. Listen, I don't know if you've checked your Twitter since you guys signed Aaron Rodgers. You guys are pretty pretty horrible over the last few months listen i would like to say excited we're excited right right most of you are excited but for the most part there is some listen my own fan base has some so i'm not gonna i'm not shitting on you like (laughs) like we're all angels over here but you know you and i are the as bipartisan as it come when it comes to speaking on both of our teams we try to be pretty unbiased for sure yeah yeah but nonetheless, sir, I know you just got done recording your battered hair on show talking about Lionel Messi and that amazing last minute goal. Outside of that, sir, how the hell are you doing today? I mean, that that's basically been my life for the last month. It's just been surrounding Messi and all the ins and outs of that. And it's, it's just awesome, awesome, awesome. If you're into soccer and you want to hear about Inter Miami or just soccer in general, battered hair ons every Monday, Wednesday night at nine o'clock. Yep, that, that's what he does. But we all know soccer is boring. Miami Dolphins football is much more exciting than than soccer. Well, not so, if you're a Messi fan, I, I I can see why you would not agree with that. But Danny, nonetheless, we're live today. We're live because training camp is literally right around the corner. Yes, sir. Um, and it's exciting for the simple reason that we get to talk Miami Dolphins football like fully. And the best part of leading into this is, as you know. Born and raised in Miami, Florida. I am original 305 as it hangs back here over my shoulder. And I grew up with certain people, right? Like Jim Barry, Jimmy Cephalo, Will Manso, Steve Shapiro, just to name a few that were like the epitome of me getting my Dolphins knowledge growing up. But not, not to say that our guest today has made a significant impact since he joined Channel 7 News and does sports extra for WSVN 7. Mr. Josh Moser, I could honestly say now, sir, it has been amazing You watch, you talk, watching you talk Dolphins football. And actually, all Florida sports, I only watched Miami Dolphins football, and Danny could attest to that. But Sick. you have been a breath of fresh air to Channel 7 News. So it's so awesome for me to have you on the show today. Oh, man, thanks so much for having me. I'm so pumped for the season. Man, it's exciting. I mean, I can't believe the Dolphins are a top five team in the NFL right now going into this mm. new season. It's crazy. I mean, here we are, top McDaniel, five. season number two, new defensive coordinator. The speed on this team is unreal. I that hate training unreal. camp. Like, it's such a waste. Like, let's go week one. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you said that, especially if you said that we're top five. Uh, Tua is a top 10 quarterback, and I know this has nothing to do with the top 10 quarterback in Madden. We have – best wide receiver duo in the NFL right now. We have a top 10 defense. There's so many things to get excited about. But before we start talking about the Miami Dolphins, I want to spend some time with you for people that may not know. Um, You were a sports director in Wisconsin. You you ran basically a nice little show called Inside the Huddle. And for other people who don't know this, while he was doing this, you had, from what I read, and you could quote me here, you had record ratings while doing that. And that show had an 18-year span. And while you were the head man doing it, 
it got possibly the best ratings it ever had. Yeah, it was a great time. I mean, I owe it all to my two co-hosts, and that was Jordy Nelson, who's going into the Packers Hall of Fame this year, and then another receiver you might know by the name of Devontae Adams. And so we had a studio audience of about 1,500 kids, family members, Packers fans that would drive in from all corners of Wisconsin, and we would do a live studio show every Monday night following the game on Sunday. We'd do some cool autograph sessions, meet and greets, and really get to know the players, talk to them more than just about football. Obviously, we're very football heavy in the smallest, best football town, I believe, in the country. There's nothing like Green Bay. If you haven't been to Lambeau Field, you need to put it on your bucket list. But, I mean, you look at the history of that. The Dolphins are starting to build the history here. We know we talk about the perfect season, but this team under Mike McDaniel has people so excited. It's so fun to be in the locker room to talk to these players. It's a great group of guys. They get along really well. And I think if they can stay healthy, this team could be really, really special. Also in what I think is the toughest division mm-hmm. in the NFL this year, which is the AFC East. It's crazy. We're talking about the Bills, the Patriots being the worst team in the division going into the season, potentially. And then obviously the Aaron Rodgers connection with the Jets. So I'm excited for week one. I think they've got a tough schedule, but if Tua can stay healthy, this team, I think, can really go far. And we're going to center on that. We're going to center because I feel like that's any any sports channel you listen to, from ESPN to Fox Networks, any of them, they all say the same thing. If That's the Tua caveat. Healthy, that's the caveat mm-hmm. for our team, that we are a perennial Super Bowl team, and we'll get into that in a few moments. But one more question. We asked Will Mantle this when he was on the show. We f- – Figured, you know, just because he reports on said Miami Dolphins doesn't mean you're necessarily a Dolphins fan. So before you work for Green Bay, before you worked for the Miami Dolphins, what is Josh Moser's go-to NFL football team? Oh, so I'm from Los Angeles. So we didn't have the Raiders or the Rams growing up. So I didn't really have an NFL team. We were lost. So it was more USC, UCLA. Mm, So when Reggie Bush jumped on the Dolphins, I got to USC the year after he finished. So kind of became a Dolphins fan, just kind of following him. And then a lot of the players that we grew up with in Southern California. So one of my longtime friends, I've known him since we were in kindergarten, Clay Matthews. So kind of followed him through the Packers, helped bring me to Green Bay. That's part of my story. And now we're all old. But I mean... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, relative. I mean, we're not putting on football pads anymore. But I, I would probably say, you know, you rooted for guys that you really liked. Yeah. So I don't really have a team. I was more of just the players that really spoke to me. I like that. It, it, for me, when it comes to basketball, I was never a big fan of said basketball. The closest I got were maybe the um, the 98 Knicks. I used to big okay. fan of Patrick Ewing, Larry Johnston. Yeah. Allen Houston, th- that team really spoke to me. But as far as that, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, easy ones to say. Like, those really ones that stuck out to me. But nonetheless, nobody came here to talk about basketball. We came to talk about the biggest storyline set into training camp. And one off the back, and you have a special connection, I want to say to this person, but somebody who may know this person. And I definitely want to get off your chest real quick. What is going on with Christian Wilkins' contract? I know they may have been waiting to set the bar with what Quinny Williams potentially was going to get paid. That's over and done with. Do you have any update as of today, July 24th, on where we stand with Christian Wilkins' contract? From the people that I've spoken to, the hope is to get it done before the start of the season. Um, But that may not happen. I know that both sides want to keep Christian, and Christian wants to stay in Miami long-term. He wants to be a Dolphin for his entire NFL career. It's just trying to figure out guaranteed money. It's not necessarily – 
the highest paid amount, which he is deserving of. For sure. But it's all about the guaranteed cash and something kind of on the back end of this that is possibly impacting an extension is Zach Sealer. I mean, he had a great season. He missed part of OTAs. He's represented by Drew Rosenhaus. I can tell you, we can break some news that, that Sealer is looking for a new contract. He will be showing up to training camp on Tuesday, tomorrow. But if you miss a training camp day, it's a $50,000 fine mm. per day. So when you look at you know some of the other people that are holding out around the league, you know Jones from Kansas City is really the only player that can afford that kind of price tag to miss out. But you know, we saw Naheem Hines, the running back for the Bills, get injured right. in a jet ski jet accident. Ski. So it's almost like, when do you want to get your money? So do you want to wait further into training camp? Do you want to guarantee it before week one? Shoot, week one, if Christian Wilkins has six sacks, boom, his money just goes up. So it's just trying to figure out and what the agents want to do. But for me, I would try to get this thing wrapped up before the start of the season, just like they did with Tua. They picked up his fifth-year option way in advance. And mentally, that does so much for a player where they're saying, hey, you're our guy. We believe in you. Now go do what you do. It takes so much pressure off of them so they're not worrying about, oh, my God, what if I get hurt? Or I've got to make this sack so that I get paid. Or I've got family members that are bugging me because I need to take a deal now so that they can get a piece. So there's a lot that goes into it. But Christian is always at the facility he wants to be here, and hopefully this gets done before week one, and I think Chris Greer will try to get it done before week one against the Chargers. If nothing gets done, do you think there's any chance that he plays without that contract? I think so. I mean, he has to, really? right? So, you know, you've got guaranteed money. This is his last year, and sitting out is only going to hurt you. So if you're going to miss games and say, hey, I need that money now, no. Like, you are under contract for this season. We are paying you. And we haven't seen holdouts work. Le'Veon Bell is maybe the best example. I know that that's a different position, but sitting out and not playing and then expecting the team to make pay you more money, it's just not how that works. But I can tell you that Stephen Ross wants to win. He's not really involved in the you know money situation. It's more Chris Greer, Brandon Shore. But they know that Christian is worth the money and they're going to sure. pay him and they'd be foolish to let him leave. And I don't think we're going to get nowhere, you know, anywhere close to that. Point. I, I, if, if I could touch on that, just be, before, before you jump in, Danny, I think if there is a player, and I'm not saying that two is going anywhere, but I, I feel like Christian Wilkins is more secure as, Hey, we're definitely going to keep you as a franchise because he's already proven without a benefit that he's a great team player. He's a great locker room guy. And then he's a force on the field. I don't think there's any way that you could pass up, not resigning Christian Wilkins. Go ahead, Danny. Well, I, I wasn't sure uh, at what point Josh was in Green Bay, but whenever I hear about players playing when they want an extension and they play through it, I always think of Javon Walker. And yeah, when that happened, and then Brett Favre came out and kind of said that he thinks that he shouldn't be selfish. He has a contract. He should play through it. He went ahead, messed up his career basically after that, never got another contract. Right. Brett, Favre, Brett Favre didn't give him any money. Like, that's <laughs> it. Tough luck. And ever, whenever I think of players playing, even though they want a contract and they feel like they deserve it, and they play through it, Javon Walker is the first person that comes to mind. Yeah, he was not there. I was not there when he was there. Okay. I mean, like Tony Pollard is maybe a name now where he signed a franchise tag, and he's got $10 million guaranteed. So now play, stay healthy, and then, all right, cool. Now we'll sign you three for 30. But the running back situation in the NFL, I think, is taking yeah. on its, its whole own – storyline yeah that but is, I, yeah. I think you know possible hold up 
this is just me thinking outside of the box. I have, this is just my own opinion. You know, you have Vic Fangio in a new defensive coordinator, and there might be some thing that he wants to see from Christian Wilkins or a way that he right. utilizes him to see how that fit is before they give him that type of money. And when you're talking about great point. salary cap and where you want to maneuver your pieces, you know, you've got some decisions to make on this defense because you can't keep everybody. And that's the hard part. It's not like the NBA where you can go in into luxury tax or what the Mets have done in baseball, even though they're having a terrible season. So mm-hmm. it's how are you going to maneuver your chess pieces? And realistically, this is a big year for Raekwon Davis. I mean, he was a second round pick and he has been hurt. He really hasn't done anything. A mammoth of a human being, a you know, really fun guy to be around, you know, but a high, high prospect out of Alabama. And right now he's being outplayed by Zach Sealer. You know, Christian Wilkins is there. And I'm curious to see how Vic Fangio utilizes his pieces. And I think once we maybe get a little bit of an idea of that, then I think we're going to see an extension. Okay. So let's talk about another one because you mentioned Zach Sealer's in a report, Christian Wilkins in a report. Another big one that just came off the board of potentially not reporting was Connor Williams. And for me, and we're, we're, I'll definitely let you shine some light. And me and Danny have been talked about this literally all off season since the season ended. And the last few shows that we've done uh, for season two of the Better Fin Fans podcast has been the glaring holes on your team and just any team in general in the NFL. And when you look at the Miami Dolphins, for me, it's been, I think since the Ryan Tannehill era has been the weakness on our offensive line. Like I, I love to run Armstead, obviously the Connor Williams moving from guard from Dallas, now being a center here. Amazing. Um, Robert Hunt. Amazing. But again, huge question mark at right tackle for me, huge question mark at left guard. Now that Connor Williams will be showing up, at least, you know, our center and left tackle positions filled. When you look at this, um, when you look at this team, as it's currently built, no further additions. Do you currently see any glaring holes that you're like, we need to get this addressed before the season kicks off? I mean, the hardest position to find are big guys that can move on both the mm-hmm. offensive and defensive lines. If you talk to general managers across the league, that's where there is no depth, and you know you get hamstring injuries on skill players, but. You've got to find those big guys that can move, and they're very, very rare. So you would love to add an extra offensive lineman, but again, it goes back to the salary cap of you're going to have to overpay to get somebody. You know, we saw last year they brought a couple guys off the street to fill holes, and they did all right. But I think with this much speed on the offense, you know, you're not going to need to pass block for very long. So it's more of trying to figure out what you want to do. At tight end, you know, they're a little thin. You know, that's a, a position group. But again, how are you going to utilize? That was very kind of you, by the way, to say that they're very thin. That was very they're a little, Yeah, I mean, you let Mike Kosicki walk. We knew that was going to happen before the start of last year. Uh, you know, a good example of a guy that we knew that was not going to get another contract, played, stayed healthy, and then got his money. So Mike McDaniel is a mastermind at maneuvering the pieces that he has. And he's really figured out how to utilize to a skill set. The hard part with Tua when it comes to the offensive line, I'm a short guy. You know, Tua's not six foot three, six foot four. So you've got to find guys that can play with him and maybe find a shorter guy that has a little bit more maneuverability and a lower center of gravity because Tua will tell you, like, there's times where he cannot see and he's been open and honest. So it's more of timing and he's throwing balls blind. Yeah. So uh, tight end would be, you know, uh, an area of need. You know, cornerback is always an area of need. I don't know how if Brandon Jones will be fully recovered. He was great. Obviously, Nick Needham starting on the pup. 
I don't know how healthy Xavier Howard is. I mean, he played through so much last season. And you need guys. Cater Kahu was a, a surprise. Yes, he so was. So you're hoping that he can. Oh, I love him. He's great. I mean, he was an undrafted free agent. I mean, that was a diamond in the rough. Great find. Great young player. Division two guy. But mm-hmm. you need those types of players and you need depth because you always talk about in the NFL, you're one injury away. And we saw it with Tua when he wasn't on the field. It was a completely different team. Um, so, you know, obviously you're looking for cornerbacks and you're looking for offensive linemen and you're looking for tight ends. But I honestly don't see Mike McDaniel utilizing the tight end very much. We know what Durham Smythe is. We've seen it. Right. So, but you're not giving the ball. You've got Raheem Mostert. You've got Jeff Wilson. Yep. You potentially have Dalvin Cook if it happens. Mm, are we going to talk about it? Really we can talk about that. it. I, I don't think it's happening at least definitely not right now. Like there has to be some sort of injury. Um, truly, I, he, he's going to get his money. Can, you know, I, the, can I pick your brain about something? Because sure. you brought it up. You brought up Dalvin Cook. And Danny probably knows where I'm going with this. I'm not saying Dalvin Cook wouldn't be a great addition to the team. Guys who are listening, I'm not saying that. For me, I prefer to spend the money on a gentleman by the name of Taylor Lewan. He's still out there. Now, I get it. People are going to be like, well, health. Yeah, health is a big thing. But if I could get Taylor Lewan to play, let's say, eight full games, nine full games for the Miami Dolphins at right tackle to cover Tua's blindside, I think I'd rather take that than get Dalvin Cook on the Miami Dolphins. What, what do you think about that? Absolutely. I mean, Raheem Mostert, you know, he had to have thumb surgery at the end. He's phenomenal. Jeff Wilson flashed. Then you've got a chain. You spent a second-round draft pick on him. Right. I mean, he flies. And Chris Greer loved him. He was his top back coming out, and they really think that he can be special. And we've seen running backs, you know, their value go down because you can essentially throw anybody back there if you've got, you know, somebody great blocking in front of you. You can make the Emmett mm-hmm. Smith argument if you, mm. love, if you want to go back in time, talk about the best offensive line in NFL history. I mean, it, it turned him into the best running back in the game. You know, that's right. that's one argument. But – with Tua, you're going to put the ball in Tyreek's hands. You're going to put the ball in Waddle's hands. You want protectors. You have your skill pieces. And honestly, you may have too many receivers. I don't know if there's enough touches to go around. I don't know if Chosen Anderson makes this team. Right. So you have all of your weaponry in place, but you're always, again, looking for big guys that can move. And we've seen a change in the NFL where you're looking for a guy like Robert Hunt who can play multiple positions on the offensive line. Mm -hmm. Versatility is the key. And then again, Connor Williams has that experience at guard. If you need him to kick Mm -hmm. out, that's why he's asking for more money, let alone he played every single snap last season. Yes, he did. Now, Danny, I know this one's all yours, sir. You told me you wanted to throw this in there. before, Before we talk about the defense, real quick on the Dalvin Cook point. Let's go. The Dolphins, rumored to have him. Jets also want Dalvin Cook if he can come for a cheaper price. But after this injury to the Bills, uh, Naheem, what was his name? Naheem Himes? Yeah. After he got injured, do you think there's a chance that the Bills kind of pony up the money and he ends up coming to the AFC East, just not to one of the teams that we all expected? Before you jump in on that, Josh, I I feel like, and I don't don't want you to, I don't want to steal your thunder here, but I feel like with his brother playing there already and Naheem Himes being basically a fourth running back and also mainly a kick returner, it's not that big of a loss to the Bills because they do have his brother currently playing there as well. Anytime that you can play with family, you would want to do that. I mean, how often is it that you can get two brothers to play together, let alone be on a team that's a legitimate contender? I mean, you look at the AFC 
true. The bill, the Bills are right there with the Dolphins. I put them top two in the division, and then obviously you've got the Super Bowl champion Chiefs. You've got the Bengals. I mean, those are your top four teams probably right now in the AFC. So I think it's a possibility. But then again, you know, you also want your brother to do his own thing, and you don't want to take reps away from him. Is the other argument. Right. And he's younger. This is his time to shine. And Dalvin really wants to come home. He's been here. His friends are here. His family's here. He loves working out in South Florida. So I know that he wants to come here. But at the same time, I mean, we're looking at Christian McCaffrey's kind of the outlier at $16 million. Aaron Jones got a restructured deal at roughly $11 million. And Dalvin Cook should be right there with Aaron Jones, $11, $12 million. But realistically, he's been getting offered between four and five. And now we're hearing that eight is the number. And he wants two years for 16 with guaranteed cash. So the market's just not there. And their play of waiting to see if Josh Jacobs was going to sign or Saquon Barkley was going to sign backfired because the Mm -hmm. teams didn't budge. That was the hope so that they could set the market. So now we're in a basically a situation that's never happened before. And I know the fans really want it to happen, but it's all about the dollars. But I don't see Dalvin Cook joining a team until late in a training camp. Remember, training camp really doesn't matter, honestly, until after the pads come on. And the practice against another team, the joint practices, are a lot more important than a preseason game, especially for a player of the caliber of Dalvin Cook. So he could even join a team week one, literally that Wednesday, and play Sunday. And I wouldn't be surprised if he had 100 yards in that contest. Agreed. All right, Danny, lead us out. Oh, no. Well, as far as the defense goes, uh, Vic Fangio, I don't think people are talking enough about him. Right? Everybody's talking about Tua's health, Tua's health, Tua's health. If this defense is better last year at home, this team wins another oh, yeah. two or three games because the defense was inconsistent. At home, it was it was great. I'm sorry, on the road. If it would have been better on the road. At home, it was a monster. And then on the road, they just couldn't figure their stuff out for some reason. So I think that that's going to be the biggest addition that nobody's talking about. Everybody keeps talking about Tua's health. Even with a backup quarterback, I think this defense could win you games. But on the defense, the defensive line looks great. The secondary looks good. But what about the linebackers? Like, how are you guys feeling about the linebackers? I feel like that might be the the weakest point, and I I, I think that would be what I would be most worried about. And I, I think that David Long, I think that linebacking core kind of depends on how he plays. And I don't know how you guys feel about that, but th- that's kind of where I was going because when I look at him. I look at him as he was he showed potential in Tennessee. He could become a Carlos Dansby, which mm. when you guys got him, he was solid. Didn't make a Pro Bowl or anything, but he was solid, right? And I kind of feel like that's what he needs to be in order for this defense to, be, to reach the level that I think it could make under Nick F- Vic Fangio. I think coming into this, um, going into the offseason, I told you that's um, offensive line linebacker were my biggest additions that I wanted to see addressed in, in the draft. And Obviously, we didn't go that route, but because it's Vic Fangio, and he kind of said it, you know, there, there we need, there's some depth needed at some spots on the defense. He obviously didn't come out and say exactly where the depth was needed. I'm sure that's in-house talk. For me, I thought linebacker was a question mark, but I feel like I've always liked Jerome Baker, and a lot of people don't give him credit that this guy's like 100-plus tackles a season linebacker, and I get it. People are like, oh, but are those, you know, tackles for loss? Are they behind the offense? Is it 50 yards downfield? I get all that. But I think Jerome Baker is going to shine in Big Fangio's defense. But 
yes, Danny, if I if I could get another linebacker in there, like potentially a Ruben Foster, I don't know what if you could bring him in at, on a cheaper contract. I like that, Josh. I know you like that name. Um, if you could bring him in on a cheaper contract, veterans minimum, kind of, and just see how he works out in this defense, I like to go that route. But if you told me I'm starting the season with Duke Riley, um, oh my God, his might his Andrew Van Ginkle, yes, Andrew Van Ginkle, and um, Jerome Baker, and I'm pretty happy with that. Am I am I ecstatic? No, but I'm pretty happy because I think Vic Vandrew is he's known to be putting his players in the best position to succeed. And I think he's going to do that with the Miami Dolphins as well. But Josh, let, let us know what you think. I mean, basically how they're going to frame this is what they wanted to do last year with Byron Jones, but he got hurt and then everything spiraled out of control, basically where he did feel like he could come back. And they built this as, I hate to use this cliche, but it's the bend, but don't break. So the mm. way that this defense will be structured is your big money, your big pieces are up front. The most important thing, get to the quarterback. That is number one. And then your weakness is in the middle of the field. So you're going to dare defenses to throw over the middle. And then your protection is on the back now with a hopefully a healthy all pro Xavier Howard and hopefully another all pro in Jalen Ramsey, who are arguably two of the best cover corners in the league. Like that's how they're going to structure this. And then you're hoping that one guy can flash and Jerome Baker I think was really misused in the defense last year. They really had him dropping back into coverage way too much, which yeah. isn't his strength, but he didn't have a choice. That's what they had to have him do because of the pieces that they had around him. But I, I actually like this move of moving Van Ginkle into the inside. I'm curious to see how that looks because I expect a huge season from Bradley Chubb. I expect a pro bowl from Jalen Phillips. He is that type of player. And that's why they drafted him in the first round. This is his third year. When you talk to coaches around the league, it's the jump from the second year to the third year that is the most significant. So I think that he is the special piece on this defense that really nobody's talking about. And if we get decent linebacker play in the middle, that's fine. Put the guys on the edge, let them rush the quarterback. And then you got your ball hawks on the back end. That's how they're building this thing. And then hopefully you can pick up a veteran along the way or you can get a rookie that can come along and be healthy later in the season. Because, again, you're not wanting to play your best football until November and December. That's when the season starts. So that's when you have to be healthy. I mean, you look at the Dolphins last year going into that Finals-Bills games in the playoffs. They were healthy. They win that game, in my opinion. If two is there, they win that game. So If they ran the ball a little bit more, they win that game. But that's neither here nor there. But. Yeah, but I mean, this is a, at least, I think it's a 10, you know, it's got to be a 10-win team. And you've got Fangio who can evolve the defense, but more so than about the scheme, you have an older voice. And that was missing last year, especially in Mike McDaniel's first year as a head coach. We can talk about the replay mistakes all we want. But when you come from a Brian Flores-led defense, Xavier Howard is now going to listen to Vic Fangio. Yeah. Jerome Baker's going to listen to Vic Fangio. Christian Wilkins is going to listen to Vic Fangio. They're not necessarily listening to Josh Boyer, which is why they let him go. That's an amazing And point. obviously, he was unwilling to adapt and change to the pieces that he had. He was trying to go with what had worked in the past. But when you don't have the same players, it just doesn't work. So now you have a new voice. You have new leadership. And also, I think the second year of the offense is really going to help. My only concern really about this defense is that the offense is going to score too quickly or they're going to just go really fast and the defense is going to be on the field for a long time. And I really hope that 
ball possession and time of possession is a focus on this offense. Of course, we all love the quick strike. It's sexy. There's speed all over the field. But we're talking about winning football games. We're not talking about winning fantasy football games. So that's something that I'm actually really curious to watch in the first couple of weeks of how they handle things, especially when you're on the road to start. That, that's a great point because we talked about that, about that a lot last year, how we felt like the offense wasn't helping the defense because, one, they wouldn't run the ball. And although you were having those long touchdowns to Tyreek Hill or Jalen Waddle, like people don't realize it's like a three and out for the defense. Like exactly. I understand it's not a three and out technically, but it's like a three and out because when you say you don't want three and outs for the defense it's because you want to give them time to catch breather. So if you're quick strikes all the time, you're killing your defense. So that's a great point. Um, what about Emmanuel Akpa? He's Ooh, back. Right. He's healthy. Uh, he's one of my favorite people. I love the, hanging out with him. I love well, talking sure he's to a him. Fun guy. But last yeah. year he had a down year before he like went down with injury. I mean, they paid him a lot of money, and he knows that he needs to earn that contract. And you know, he's finally healthy. But a biceps injury is no joke. Right. And I think going back to the linebackers, you know, it's kind of like basketball. It's all about matchups. So mm-hmm. who are you going to take away? Who are you going to double? And when you've got Jalen Phillips, you've got Nick Chubb, you've got Christian Wilkins in the middle. Oh, shoot. What are we going to do with Emmanuel Agbo? We don't have enough pieces. So he has to be the guy to get through because he's probably going to see single coverage. And then all of a sudden, if you're doubling him, that's going to leave one-on-ones for Jalen Phillips, and he's going to eat. The same with Bradley mm. Chubb. Uh, There's so, a lot of pressure on the D-line because Vic Fangio, his, like historically at least, doesn't really yeah. blitz. So, so the defensive to. line, right, exactly. Yeah. So, but he's, they're going to have to get there because a lot of pressure is going to be put on them. But it, this is kind of interesting because teams are going to game plan for this. They know this is coming, right. but it's they're basically going to say, F you, we're going to do this better and block us. you got to stop us, right. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what I'm excited to see. And unfortunately, during training camp, we're not going to see any of that. You know, because it's basically, you know, all right, cool. Let's get our feet and technique down and we don't want to get hurt. And, oh, Falcons, uh, they suck. The Texans, they got a bunch of young draft picks. It's a preseason game. Like, I'm worried about the Chargers. So, right. I don't know. It, week one's going to be wild. Like, I, I'm i excited for that game against the Chargers, especially the Herbert Tua trash talk. I know fans love that. But, I mean, you go to L.A. and you, you have a statement win right off the bat. I mean, that's going to say a lot about this team. And, you bet the Dolphins are going to say, yeah, that's exactly who we are, and that's what we're going to do. Steve, we're going we're, we're gonna to get that question answered, Steve, but we're going we're gonna to wait until the end of the show to ask him that question, just to kind of circle him in why that question was just asked. But let, let's get to the nitty-gritty, because you mentioned this at the beginning of the show. You said you kind of saw the Miami Dolphins, Buffalo Bills kind of one and two in whatever order you want to put that in. Obviously, I'm going to assume you put the Jets in third. Obviously, New England Patriots, I think, Across the board, not just us. Across the board, a lot of people are putting New England Patriots in fourth place. Where I think have you they- guys? Have you guys heard? I'm sorry to cut you off. Have you guys yeah. heard any in New England uh, sports talk or anything? Like, do, are they as down as the rest of the nation and the league on the Patriots? Because I, I, I now that I think about it, I'm kind of gonna tune in to see what they're saying. Do you have? Any I mean, it's idea? all in Matt Patricia, the offense, what they're gonna do. But like Mac Jones has question marks. I think yeah. that's it. But you look at this league. And specifically the division and the quarterbacks that are in it, Josh Allen's a top five QB in the league. Mm-hmm. I'm still putting Aaron Rodgers as the top five QB in this league. And then yeah. you've got Tua as a top 10. And he's if he, can stay healthy he was for the sure. best QB last year in this league when he was healthy. And, and that's it. So, I mean, yeah. you have three out of the four teams have phenomenal quarterbacks. And I think 
You know, you talk about scoring 40 points a game. I mean, that's probably what it's going to have to take. But then look at the Dolphins. They loaded up on defense. So now with an improved offense, you're hoping to hold, you know, Aaron Rodgers to, to 30 points. I think that's a win. And then you're hoping that your offense can score more. I mean, that's exactly how this team's going to win. And they've obviously got to turn the ball over. So, I mean, the turnover ratio is huge. Aaron Rodgers doesn't do that. Josh Allen really doesn't do that. Well. And, you know, Mac Jones, I don't know if he's got enough pieces there. I know they got Juju. Uh, they've Devontae got Parker, obviously Devontae Parker from here. Yeah. But is how does that compare to, to Jalen Waddle, Tyreek, Raheem Mostert? No, no, I look right, right. I, 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 I think listen, I, we're, most we're all agree pooing. We're all pooing that the nuclear Patriots are going to be the fourth seed in the AFC. I'm, I'm just wondering if uh, if people in Boston are thinking that also. That, that's well, what I was wondering. And then ultimately, here's my question to you, Josh. As currently built, any additions that come along the way. My ultimate question to you is, is this team currently AFC East crown bound, AFC champs bound, or do you think we have enough to get to the dance as we're currently built right now? If you just had to throw it in there to Vegas, where do you think we land? Because you did say you potentially you want to see 10 plus wins for the team, which basically gets us into the playoffs. But where, where do you have the bar? I guess what's the bar set to as far as the top part? With a caveat of, of being healthy on paper, yes. I think yes. that the Dolphins, on paper right now, as it sits, are the best team in the AFC East. On mm. paper. Mm. That, that being said, the Bills are the champs. And you have to go to Buffalo and you have to beat the Bills. I'm going to peek behind me and look at the late season schedule. You know, you've got Dallas at home. You're on the road at Baltimore. And then you've got Buffalo at home on your last three weeks. Baltimore is yep. a really intriguing team. Yep, right so, there. It, it's just going to be in – you've got to get healthy at the end. Like, that's just truly the key. But with the Bills, I mean, you're one injury away. It just depends on what happens. I mean, if Teron Armstead's healthy, you should have seen his toe, like what he played through last year. And, and I mean, the man should have had surgery in week two, and he fought through it. I mean, he couldn't walk. He couldn't stand. And the man's a warrior. And you get – if you, it's just one, you're one injury away. But, obviously, I think the Chiefs are still far and above – I mean, you just have the Mahomes effect. It, it just is what it is. Right. And uh, did I see something with Hardman or a possibly receiver getting hurt? I might have seen something. McCole Hardman uh, on, the, on the New York Jets right now. Um, I thought I saw, I'm, I'm peeking, I thought I might have saw somebody on the Chiefs get hurt early in the season here, but it, it could be nothing serious. But yep. look, Mahomes is the, is the best quarterback in the game. Mm -hmm. uh, selfishly, I'm so bummed that the Chiefs-Dolphins games in Germany, I, yes. I wish that were at Arrowhead. Uh, I would have loved to see Tyreek go in there, but the Germany fans, there's a lot of Dolphins fans, and I think it's going to be a huge advantage going there. I have no idea what the stadium's going to look like, but that's going to be a very interesting game to kick off November football. Uh, they do that. It's called ratings periods in TV. November starts your ratings months. It's called sweeps. So Tua's actually has the number one selling jersey internationally in all of football, and then you're what bringing the in the Super Bowl champs. So that is all business. It's all marketing. The players understand it. So uh, I'm looking forward to that one as more of like an entertainment. We'll call that a messy game, you know, right. entertainment value. Um, but I, I like the Bengals too. I mean, I hate to say it, like the right. Bengals are re they're really good. And listen, it's it's great that you're being super bipartisan about that because it, it's so easy to come on here and be like, no, the Dolphins are definitely winning it all. I predicted when it was me, Danny, and Big E on the show uh, a last the last time we recorded. Yeah, I went a little hardcore and I, and I gave us 14 wins. Uh, Big E at the time gave us 12, and Danny, I believe you gave us 10, if I'm not mistaken. 12. Still, 
12, but all three of us making it into the playoffs. But we all kind of had different teams that are going to be our headaches. For me, in the playoffs, I think I think it is going to be the Kansas City Chiefs. I think for Big E, his were, uh, were also the Chiefs, and Danny's was – uh, you say stop poo-pooing on the Bills. You think the Bills are still going to be the go the go-to that yeah. we have to go through? I, I do think, yeah. I still think that uh, everybody's kind of discounting the Bills for some reason. I think the Bills are going to be just as good as they've been. Yeah, you got Micah Hyde back this year. He was a big piece they were missing last year. Right. I mean, he was a Pro Bowl player. Um, mm-hmm. I think Josh Allen is still very, very good. I still think he's getting better. You know, Jordan the wild card are the Jets. Yeah, I mean, they just have a lot of young players. Aaron Rodgers is going to make them instantly better. But realistically... Robert Sala, that was a top five defense. And you've yep. got two of the best young players in the game. I think you had the offensive and defensive rookie of the years on that they team. Mm-hmm. So it just depends on how much they're going to grow. And again, it, it just comes down to injuries. Like you just have to have a little bit of luck and and that's it. So I mean it's a it's a coin flip. But like on paper, the Dolphins, I truly believe, have the most talent in the division. It's just we're gonna see how it all plays out. But you can't discredit the Bills. You can't count out the Bengals in the AFC and the Chiefs. And I don't. on the other side in the NFC, I don't know what's going to happen with the Eagles. You've got two new coordinators. I'm curious to see how that impacts things. They're loaded again. But yeah. I think they the NFC has a much easier road. We don't know exactly what's happening in San Francisco. I mean, it used to be all the good teams were in the NFC. But, I mean, those, those four teams we mentioned in the AFC, I think they're levels above – a lot of teams. And I think, I just hope that there's no friendly fire and they beat up on each other. I mean, I think we saw that in the AFC West with the Raiders with the odd team out last year, the chargers obviously had the crazy collapse in Jacksonville. And then you had the Super Bowl champs in the chiefs. That was, that's kind of what I feel like our division is going to be like this year, but those are, you know, really, really good teams. And I mean, you look at the South again, like is Jacksonville ready for the big moment? I mean, they could cruise into the playoffs because they they've got Such the easiest freaking division. Right. It's a pain, right? I no. mean, yeah. I know Tom Brady's out of the league, but it was ridiculous. I don't know what they got into. They got into the playoffs last year with a losing record. So, and then all of a sudden, if you have a magic moment in the wild card round, mm-hmm. uh, we saw with Aaron Rodgers' first Super Bowl with the Packers. I mean, you can you can win the whole thing. So it's just oh, getting Eli Manning twice. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I had one quick question. Well, well, the last question I have for you. Um, Everybody says double-digit wins. If for whatever reason they don't make double-digit wins, it's kind of a, a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately type of league. Is Mike McDaniels in danger of losing his job if they were, were to miss the playoffs or not make it to 10 wins? And I know that's crazy to talk about right now, but I'm just kind of curious. Right. Do you think, is it like this roster? Because sometimes when you have a roster that's like, this is a Super Bowl contending roster, so you have to make the playoffs at least – and sometimes, even if it's not the coach's fault, when you have a roster like that, it comes at a price because you you have to produce. And Do you think it's at that like at that point? And I would love to throw on that, Maz, before you answer it. The fact that you said that that there is such a short window because of how many other people we're going to have to sign here in a couple of years, and how many other young talent we have to re-sign. Does that add on to the pressure that because our window could potentially be so small? Could he ultimately be the deciding factor? But I think if he is a deciding factor, wouldn't Chris Greer be going with him as well? Well, I mean, you got to take this back two years to Brian Flores and and Chris Greer. And basically, you know, there was a lawsuit that took place and the decision was made to to keep Chris Greer and let Brian Flores leave. Um, 
and they went and changed the culture and they brought in Mike McDaniel. I had heard rumors, this is not confirmed, but I had heard rumblings that if the Dolphins did not make the playoffs last year, they were going to move on from Mike McDaniel Mm. last year. I can tell you that Mike McDaniel and Tua are like this. And I think that Tua and Mike are the perfect combination. He's the perfect coach for Tua. And now that we have Vic Fangio, Vic Fangio is going to be more of the head coaching role and he brings that experience. So Mike's not going to have to do as much. That being said, I think a lot of this season, as we're talking about, hinges on Tua's ability to stay healthy and what he can do. And I think if this offense underproduces, this should be a top three offense in the league. Yeah. Sorry. I mean, that's the expectation. You know it coming in. You have the pieces. And, I mean, unless there is just a litany of injuries, you know, like we saw pretty much with the Broncos and Russell Wilson last year. Right. I, right. The team should achieve that level of success. And I think if if the offense does poorly, I think, yes, a decision could be made on Mike McDaniel because then you're looking at Tua only having one year left on the fifth-year option before they pay this man $50 million a year and, like, every quarterback's going to reset the market. It's probably similar if you look at the Chargers. They're in the same boat. You bring in Kellen Moore as their offensive coordinator. We're going to get a good look week one because those two guys are essentially the same. Unfortunately, Tua – and Justin Herbert are going to be compared to their entire players. Yes. It, yep. it just is what it is. And I, I could see them moving away from Mike McDaniel if this offense doesn't produce. But us talking, I don't see that happening. I see this offense producing. I, I, and I even, agree. Even if, so I, it's just kind of the nature of the league. Uh, there's a three-year window. That's it. Like, mm-hmm. we know what it is. Yeah. Um, so I – I, the, the other answer that we're not talking about is Stephen Ross, the owner, wants a Ooh. championship. And Stephen Ross is old, is aging. And I know that he wants to see the Dolphins win before he gives up the team. Of course. And of course. so that, that's added incentive on the window. And, uh, you know, that's they're close. Point, they're really close. And, and some people, I don't necessarily think this impacts it. But in talking to fan bases and in talking to some coaches, there is some belief – that the success of the Heat going to the finals, the Panthers going to the finals, adds pressure for the Dolphins to win. Now, all of these sports are independent. They are completely different entities. They have nothing to do with one another. But it's pressure in Miami. Miami, Miami wants winners. And yeah, South, you've South got Florida's hot right now. I think this is the hottest sports city in the country right now with Messi. Right now, for the, sure. You know, you've got pressure on Mario Cristobal at Miami to be much better. It was a disaster yep. in year one. Yep. yep. You've got the men's basketball team final four for Simon School history. The women made the elite eight. FAU here made the final four. Dusty May signed an incredible extension. So you have a lot of eyes on you internationally. And this is a hot spot. This is a place people want to be. People want to live here. And, you know, now the Dolphins are at the center of it all. That It's always been a heat town. So let's see if the Dolphins can get it done. And I think... If they can stay healthy, I think they have all of the pieces and the tools to do it. Well, let's get let's get you out of here on a burning question that the, the fans want to know. When Josh Moser is on vacation, okay. does he enjoy cruising? I went on a cruise for the first time in my life in March. Uh, we did the little Virgin cruise out of uh, here in Miami for yeah. four days. It was interesting. Uh, okay. Definitely not what I expected. 
Um, that doesn't sound good. Right. I don't. I don't know if you're going to go no or yes here, but I'm interested in knowing the answer. <laughs> I would. I, I would. I think it depends on where and like what it is. I, I hope Mickey Arison doesn't see this, but I mean, I'm not. <laughs> I don't know if I'd be too inclined to go on a carnival cruise line with a bunch of kids running around. Uh, right. Good point. I've heard from friends and family like the Disney cruise is supposed to be amazing, and it's like I've heard the phenomenal. Same. I, I've I've never been. Um, mm. There used to be, when I was in Green Bay, they had like the Packers Legends cruise and they'd bring all the players on and you'd go on a cruise. I think they did that with the Dolphins this year. Did they not? Yes. They do something like yes, that? Yes, they did. Yes. yes. So like something like that, I'd be totally at, for. Like, at, at, Larry Zonka. MSC, I want to have MSC a beer with Larry Zonka. That needs yes. to happen. Like, it just, I want to go fishing with that guy and I just want to sit sit there and shoot the breeze with him. Like, that would be cool. I would be totally be down for a cruise like that. But uh, I love the water. I'm on the water all the time. It's the best part of Miami. So, I would say I, I haven't experienced it, so I don't really know, but I, I would be up for trying whatever cruise. Well, listen, I, I, a cordial invitation to you here. Uh, myself and a bunch of other people, even Will Mantle, is going to be on the the maiden voyage of the Icon of the Sea from Royal Caribbean next Ooh. August 2024. Just throwing that out there. You know, it is a seven-dayer, so it's up to you if you want to be on a boat for seven days. That's, that's too big of a leap. No, that's yeah. I'm cool with that. I mean, where where are we start, where are we Nef going? Where we doing? Uh, it's like Bimini and uh, yeah, they're doing they're doing their own private island. I know that they're going to uh, to the Bahamas. They're going to Puerto Rico, and there's one other location, but I forget that one other location right now, just because it is when I booked this, it was like December of 2022, and we're not going until uh, August of 2024. So I don't have the date, but Icon of the Seas leaving early August. Look it up. It's going to be the biggest ship on water. And listen, we're we're cruise guys. I know Danny's a cruise guy. I'm a cruise guy. Yeah, it, it's amazing. Let's do it. Man. All you, can, do is you can convince eat, drink, and sleep. To, to give me off, and you hope that the Marlins aren't winning. Ooh, and, good point. Good and, point. And there's no messy in a you know. Hopefully that calms down. <laughs> if I can get seven days off, and they will let me miss Lexus Sports Extra. I say let's make it happen. I'm gonna send you. I'm gonna send you the details just so you have it, so you can look that over. But listen, nonetheless, I told you off air. I'm going to tell you on air, man. It's amazing what you do. It's amazing what you what you're doing at Channel Seven News, especially in Sports Central, since you took over in 2020. It, it's amazing how, how you interact with the fan base on Twitter, dude. You're an amazing uh, human being. It's amazing that you came on the show to talk some Miami Dolphins football, and I really appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. And I do like the fact that you were rocking that that Dolphins hat in the background there. Hold you know? up, I got it ready. There it is. There this it is. is the year. I got there it the is. Bill set up. <laughs> I'm just trying to keep it clean for the season, but I mean, this is this is this is what it's about. And I think the coolest part of my job is is getting to meet all these people, not necessarily the players, but like the fans yeah. and the stories, and how much these teams mean to them. And you know, it's awesome to say that you know we get to speak to Tua or Tyreek, but when you get to see the love from the fans, uh, you mentioned you know Biggie's definitely a guy that brings a lot of people together. Fan of the year, Dolfrigi fan of the year and how much money they raised for charity and the good causes and how much people help one another. Uh, I went to two weddings last year at a tailgate and we got one of them on the news. That's I mean, true. that's just like special memories, special people. And that's what it's about. It's not necessarily like the team and the players. It's about who yeah. you watch the games with and who you spend your time with. And it's just awesome that you guys support me. And I'm just so grateful to, uh, be able to talk sports for a living this is my dream I'm, I'm living it and i'm so happy that i get to share it with so many people and i'm just grateful and humbled and uh you know hopefully we get to keep it going here i mean that's that's all we can do we're doing it 
I, I look forward to see you at training camp real quick. Uh, what Are you going to be there every single day of training camp? Unfortunately, no. Um, so many obligations with all of the of sports teams. That's the, the one downside with everything happening here in Miami. So uh, I'm very fortunate. We're going to the Dwayne Wade Hall of Fame enshrinement. Uh, we're awesome. going to be with Zach when he's going into the Hall of Fame Imagine. for the Dolphins yep. in a couple weeks. So those are two events I'm looking forward to. Uh, because of the messy madness, sometimes I have to choose messy over this. Of course. Uh, but, you know, luckily, we're just talking about practice. Like, let's Right. We're talking about, on. you know, we're just talking but, about practice. Know, yeah. Week one, it's going to be different. And, uh, you know, it's great for the fans. It's great to build up the hype. Honestly, I can't remember a training camp from Dolphins fans where there's this much hype around the team. Right. And, I, I mean, it's been, it's been 20 years since a playoff win. I think it happens this year. It's been 50 years since you know, the perfect season. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's time. I mean, I, I think the pieces are in place. So, I'm going to knock on wood. I'm going to burn some incense, whatever we have to do to keep this team healthy. Because this could be a special run. And for anybody watching this, you know, I don't think – I hope that you realize how special this can be. Because on paper, I mean, it's, it's that close. They're right yeah. there. All right, Danny, lead us out, man. Anything else you want to drop before we go? No, no, no. Uh, again, thank you for joining us. If you guys are interested in listening to Marlins talk, we have Marlins fans. If you're listening to Inter Miami and Messi talk, we have battered herons. And as always, battered fins fans coming at you every Tuesday. I don't say it was yep. Monday, but usually yep. Tuesdays at 8 o'clock. Yep. And, uh, and catch Josh Moser on Channel 7 just about always, right? Sunday through about. Thursday. That's where I live. There you go. <laughs> All right, buddy. Appreciate you, everybody that tuned in. Thank you for commenting. Thank you for showing love. Hit the like button on your way out. It was amazing that you guys stuck through the whole show. Have a great day. Peace. Appreciate you guys.